1: Welcome to the 64th annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of Conspiracy Theory Bullshit. My name is Cody, and I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you?
0: Doing good, buddy. How about yourself?
1: Not doing too bad. We are actually, off for the quick (laughs) Minnesota weather update, Uh, we've had damn near perfect weather here. Uh, Hopefully, when you come visit in uh, uh, September, it'll still be not blazingly hot.
0: Yeah, I'll be looking forward to it not being 115, so.
1: I mean, yeah, actually, you'll probably be comfortable. Like, if you're here and it's like 80 or 90, you'll probably be like, man, this is nice.
0: Except for the humidity, that'll probably, probably yeah, get me pretty
1: bad. Yeah, you know what is weird? Usually there's like an infestation of mosquitoes around this time of year. Haven't gotten bit by a single one yet.
0: Yeah, I uh, we don't get many mosquitoes here. I, we actually went to the river last week, and we were a little bit of mosquitoes. There were a lot of those walking spiders, like, on the river. That was a little weird, but...
1: Walking spiders?
0: The ones that walk on water.
1: Oh, aren't they, like, water striders or something like that?
0: Yeah, they didn't look like it, though. They were really small, and they would, like, crawl up on our tubes. It was kind of weird.
1: Huh. I don't we know. saw a lot of those. Uh, I I assume they have poisonous spiders there, right? Oh yeah, they
0: they do. Um, you don't usually see them in the city. Uh, unless your development was built on like an old orchard, basically, then you'll get a lot of bugs from what <laughs> used to be there. But where I'm living at, there's none of that, so that's good.
1: Well, that is good. Well, Phil, uh, I I hear you have a funny story you'd like to tell our audience.
0: Yeah, so. It happened, uh, this weekend. I, uh, w- I went out to the bar. The pandemic closures are all over. Uh, we're past the curfew. So I decided to celebrate, go out to the bar with some of my friends. And I was there talking to, there was a bunch of random people. Everyone was in a real good mood just to be out of the house. It seemed. And I met, there was a group of two women about my age and I was talking to one of them. And right off the bat, we, you know, hit it off pretty well we were talking and she wanted to guess my age and i said okay you know whatever go for it she was said oh i have to touch your face for it and basically without really asking or getting permission she just kind of put her hands on my face and i kind of forgot the whole pandemic thing didn't i didn't really think about it till later on but not only did i let a stranger touch my face with her hands she aged me by about 4 years and turned out she was married, had kids anyway. So it was not a good night.
1: That is even, okay, minus a pandemic. I'm not really sure I'd want a random stranger feeling my face up to tell me my age.
0: Yeah, you know me pretty well. You know I'm not a huge strangers touching me yeah, type not,
1: person. Not a touchy feely guy.
0: But it doesn't look good if you totally freak out if a chick, you know, grabs your face. So sometimes well, you got to just let it roll.
1: Phil, I hope you were like, did you used to be a carny, ma'am? Remember that Carn- game? Yeah, carnival worker. You remember that? They used to have that guess your age thing. Oh,
0: no. I never did that. Really? Uh, yeah. I've I- seen it at carnivals where they basically just look at you and guess what age or what weight you are.
1: Yeah. Well, I remember when I ver- when I first moved up here to Minnesota I think we went to the Minnesota State Fair, and they had one of those guess your age or whatever guys. And at the time, I still looked like I was maybe 15 years old. So I went there, and I was like, okay, I can get him. They're not going to guess my age. And he guessed my exact age. So uh I don't know if he's a wizard or what, but uh somehow he did it.
0: Yeah, either the cigarettes that I smoked for the past 15 years like really did my face in, or... She's just really bad at guessing ages. I don't know i but, i'm yeah. gonna she she went over by about four years.
1: I'm gonna guess it's the lather on that one, so uh probably. she probably wasn't exactly a good age guesser, and ma'am, quit touching people's faces all right uh, should we do some weekly world news here before we dive in? Yeah, all right uh obviously, we always go back to madame bennett's world of the unusual our favorite segment here uh now i'm gonna do bigfoot trackers discover footprints and hair of beast okay investigators have found hundreds of huge footprints samples of long reddish hair and droppings of a huge bigfoot monster the find was made in china's Hubei Province, the center of a government-directed search to capture one of the huge, hairy ape men that have terrorized peasants in the area. Leave it to Japan to refer to their citizens as peasants, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a researcher said the footprints indicate the Bigfoot walks erect like a man, the hair close- closely resembles human hair, and the droppings indicate the huge beast is a vegetarian and not a meat eater. The search covers an area uh where in 1947, one of the big beasts was caught, killed, and dismembered by nationalist Chinese soldiers. So I don't remember hearing a story about them catching Bigfoot and chopping him up like a fucking sushi roll, but uh I don't know. <laughs> How about you?
0: Did you say that the, it was the Chinese or the Japanese who were calling their citizens peasants?
1: Uh, the Chinese.
0: Chinese. Okay. I thought you said Japanese. No, no, um, Chinese. That's what kind of confused me there for a second. The, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, coming from your guys's, uh, very good two-part Patreon episode, I wouldn't doubt if this was one of those very weird, uh, poorly written erotica involving Bigfoot. I, I mean, could imagine if it was written by the Chinese it would be even more strange than by that lonely fat man who wrote the one that you guys did Bent
1: over by Bigfoot.
0: Yeah, bent over by Bigfoot. It's like yeah, bumble uh, Bumblebutt Patreon episode. It's it's worth the whatever you pay. It was
1: great. I'm I'm still searching for another uh beautiful novel to uh to read on there for our Patreon. Now, The
0: Great American Classic.
1: <laughs> let me do this one quick. It's titled Ice bomb barely misses man's home, okay? A chunk of ice weighing one and a half pounds fell from a clear sky and smashed into Kenneth Anderson's backyard. Kenneth says the big rounded missile narrowly missed his Birmingham, England home. He preserved the ice in a refrigerator and turned it over to Birmingham University scientists for study. That's a big chunk of ice.
0: Definitely. So, British Airways does offer free alcohol on their flights. So, I'm guessing somebody flew in from the States and just drank the entire time. Like, had a gallon and a half of piss and flushed the toilet.
1: Okay. So, you think that's a piss bomb?
0: I think it might be a piss bomb.
1: Yeah. (laughs) An American piss bomb headed to England there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Let me do her prediction for the week real quick. It says. Prince Charles and Lady Diana's first child will be a boy who will be christened <laughs> Percivial I think that's what that is, I don't know what that means, and will secede his father to to the throne of England. Now actually That's that's yeah. possible, right? Oh yeah, definitely.
0: I mean, the Queen is, you know, very long in the tooth, but I mean Charles is well, Charles's father is also very old, so Maybe he'll get some of that longevity too, but it is thought that if Prince Charles gets old enough, they might just pass it on to William, just to have a king for longer than a few years. You, before you Charles think? Died.
1: You think Charles is going to give that power up?
0: I don't really think it's up to him.
1: Who the hell decide- Who the hell gets her hat collection?
0: Well, the queen decides who gets the crown. I don't think... I think the hats get buried with her. <laughs> or the dogs. The dogs might inherit the whole fucking kingdom.
1: <laughs> they'd she be loves pretty, those fucks. They'd be pretty sweet if the new royals were just the queen's old dogs and her hats.
0: <laughs> it is weird to think about. The queen has had dogs since maybe 20 years old, which was 70 years ago. I wonder how many dogs exactly she's had.
1: Right? I... I don't know, has she, she had more dogs or hats? That's what I want to know. Right, hats, it's gotta hats. be hats. You think it's hats? Okay. She
0: gets like three dogs at a time. Three dogs. Probably, they probably live about 15 years. Yeah, hats. <laughs> I bet they have enti- I bet they get buried in churches, just like old kings.
1: Uh, probably. Anyway, Phil, why don't I let you take over and uh, lead us into the meat and potatoes of this week's subject.
0: All right, well, I'm uh kind of coming back this week with a conspiracy. Oh, I took yeah. the past uh, few episodes off to talk about some paranormal. I think that we're at a time now where we can dive back into conspiracies. Have you ever heard of the country of Chechnya?
1: Yes, I have.
0: Yeah, it is. It's a very small country in a region known as the Caucasus. It's in what's known as the North Caucasus. So the earliest I'm going to I'm going to just do a. Little bit of history about the Caucasus. There's way too much for me to put in. It would be a whole episode, but the earliest known human settlements in the North Caucasus date back nearly 40,000 years. And until the first Russian interference during the 1500s, this area of the Caucasus was ruled and fought over by numerous small kingdoms and even at one time invaded by the Mongols.
1: Okay, hold on. You said 40,000 years?
0: Yeah, 40,000 years ago.
1: Okay, now you remember the prophet Paul, who we used to work at, uh, work with at Mave's Pizza. Oh yeah, six thousand yeah. years old than the flood. So how the hell are they here forty thousand years if the Earth's only six thousand years old, Phil? It's just Satan trying to trick us. I remember? guess. God damn you, Satan.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. So between the seventeen hundreds and nineteen seventeen, the lands known as the Caucasus were fought over between three forces, namely. The Russians, the Ottomans, and rebel Caucasian forces all vying for power in the region, with the Caucasian forces vying for independent rule, which they hadn't had for hundreds of years.
1: Hmm, okay.
0: So already being used during the late 1600s, the name Chechen comes from a famous battle won against the Russians at the town of Chechen Aul along the Argun River, In 1732, and that's when the name Chechen really took hold, when they won this battle.
1: Okay, all right. I don't know if you know, how old is Russia itself?
0: Uh, Jesus, that's a difficult question. So, it depends on what, like, you constitute as Russia. So, after the Mongols were pushed out, that's kind of when really, like, the Russian... What's known as Russia started when they started expanding eastward uh after okay. Muscovy, Russia. Um so basically like the I think the thirteen hundreds
1: is okay. really when
0: it started.
1: See, that's kind of what I was wondering because what I'm getting kind of from this is Russia sounds really fucking old.
0: Yeah, Russia is really, really old. It's um I mean before that it was kind of I don't know how you would call it, it was they consider themselves like the Northern Roman Empire, uh, kind of the successor to the the old Roman Empire, the Western Empire. Um, there is a lot of those. But the Mongols came in, took them over, and then that's kind of when the res- reset button got hit. So gotcha. and it, after the Mongols, it was a very small country, but they expanded against all of those little – like the Caucasian tribes. There was a lot of tribes to the west. Or to the east, I'm sorry. There was a lot of tribes to the east that they uh, conquered, which is why modern Russia is made up of over 100 nationalities.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Okay, cool. On December 21st, 1917,
0: after the fall of the Russian Empire, the countries of Ingusheta, Chechnya, and Dagestan declared independence from Russia and formed a single state. And this was called United Mountain Dwellers of the North Caucasus.
1: That is a mouthful. Yeah, it's that not a, a not very catchy. No, no, I kind of like it, though. Mountain dwellers kind of like it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what these people, that's why they're so successful in battle, is because they're really good at fighting, and they have great uh, fighting skills in their home country, in the mountains.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense.
0: So Chechnya fell under Soviet rule shortly after that, and experienced many atrocities by the Soviets during their rule. There's, there's too many for me to really get into without making this an hour, two hour episode, hour and a half, two hour episode. But basically, the Chechens did a really good job. And, the, well, all of the North Caucasian uh rebel, like the fighters against the Nazis. However, Stalin considered these Chechens to be sympathizers of the Nazis. And after the war ended, he basically carded a lot of them off. Uh and if any you know anything about Stalin, he killed many millions of his own people.
1: Yeah, yeah, not not a real nice guy, that Joseph Stalin.
0: No, not a not a nice guy <laughs> at all. He was an iron-fisted type ruler. Yeah.
1: probably won't. You probably won't want to invite him over for a vodka and beet soup.
0: No, you would definitely. You would make even if you made a great impression the next day. Eventually, you would end up getting erased from a photo.
1: Hey, don't they don't they think maybe. Stalin might have, he, like, he suffered from such bad paranoia, is why he killed so many people, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of things, but yeah. He, I don't know exactly what mental problems they thought he had, but.
1: But he, like, it was something like he, he thought everybody was out to get him. So that's why well, he had yeah, so but, many people executed.
0: Yeah. Because when he took power, he basically stole power away from. Like Trotsky and whoever else was vying for power, he since he did those things, he assumed everyone else was going to come after him. So even someone who was way down on the totem pole, he would see an enemy
1: right. and
0: take him out before right. they grew up.
1: Mm, makes sense.
0: So after the fall of the Soviet Union, ethnic Chechens declared independence from the new Russian state, and a three-year civil war commenced after that with ethnic Russians, Ukrainians, and Armenians fleeing the country. Now, the state of Chechnya was then invaded by Russian forces in 1994, and the first Chechen war happened until Chechen guerrillas beat back the vastly better and vastly more well-equipped Russians, and coupled with a Russian people who no longer wanted to fight in Chechnya, would force Boris Yeltsin to make peace with the former Soviet state.
1: Really? So they kick, They kind of kicked their ass?
0: Yeah, it was kind of a war of attrition, and the Russians just didn't want to fight there anymore.
1: Hmm, okay. Well, I guess they, sounds like they saved their land or whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean, the same thing basically happened in Afghanistan. It's just the Afghanistanis held out for longer. They had. Uh, they had home field advantage, they had the mountains, they just wanted it more too.
1: So this isn't the first round of the playoffs in the NFL, dude.
0: You can you can always
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you can always take it back to that. Sports I, and war are very similar.
1: I guess so.
0: On August 31st, a Moscow mall was bombed, which killed one and injured 40. The next month, in September 1999, a series of apartment bombings occurred in the city of Buyansk, Moscow, and i totally fucking said all two of those names wrong uh hundreds were killed and many more were injured if you're from those cities i'm very sorry
1: (laughs) i don't know russian is very for me it's very hard to pronounce but uh did you say moscow mall or mule
0: moscow mall like a like a like a shopping center a mall
1: oh mall okay gotcha because i was thinking i've heard of a moscow mule (laughs) <laughs> and it's a delicious drink, actually.
0: Yeah, a lot of people out here uh, drink them. They come in the little copper cups.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's a lot more pleasant than a bombing.
0: Yeah, very much more. So the first bomb attack on an apartment happened on September 4th in Buyansk, Dagestan, at 10 o'clock at night, when a car bomb detonated outside of a five-story apartment building. Now, Dagestan is a Russian-backed state on the border of Chechnya, even though Dagestan has also uh, had their problems with Russia. The apartment was housing Russian soldiers at the time, and the city bordered the state of Chechnya. In this bombing, 64 people died, and 133 people were injured.
1: Jesus, okay, so clearly, I don't know if you want to call them a rebel or something from this area, knew the soldiers were in there and wanted to cause a lot of harm.
0: Yes, definitely. Um, I'll get into it later, but they're not exactly sure who caused these bombs. There were a lot of Chechens and Dagestanis put in jail for this, uh, which I'll go into a little bit later. But okay. yeah, whoever laid these bombs obviously wanted maximum damage, as I'll get into in a minute.
1: What, do we know the whereabouts of Barry Satiro right now?
0: Oh, let's see. At 1999, <laughs> at this time, he would have been, I believe, a city organizer in Chicago.
1: Okay. Well, allegedly, supposedly, allegedly.
0: Yeah. He could have also been a time traveler and in different <laughs> dimensions. So we have no idea. But you can never rule out Barry Satir.
1: It was just his birthday, I think, yesterday or Saturday. I don't remember One of the two. It was Trump's
0: birthday yesterday. Was it? Yeah, June 14th.
1: I think I think it was Barry Satiro's birthday not that long ago. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what his birthday was. Anyway.
0: But a second bomb was discovered by civilians in a car in a parking lot near an army hospital. However, this bomb was successfully defused.
1: Okay, good, good, good.
0: In Moscow, a bomb detonated on the ground floor inside of a nine-story apartment building at 8 p.m. on September 9th, and this destroyed the structure... And damage surrounding buildings. Now apparently this bomb completely leveled this nine-story apartment building.
1: It's like, it eradicated it. It's, like, gone. In a pile. Really? From, from
0: what I read, it, it blew it up into a pile, basically.
1: Who knew that, uh... Mid seventies Mercedes Benz were so explosive.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. Probably driving an old an old Peugeot.
1: Or those uh three wheeled cars. Remember yeah. those the videos you see in Russia all the time, the three wheeled cars that tip over.
0: Oh, from the old British shows. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this bomb this this bomb was actually inside the building. This ah. was not a car bomb. But the so, first two yeah. were
1: car bombs, right?
0: Yes, the first two that were found in Buyansk were car bombs. Okay, yes,
1: yes. okay, yes, yes. yes.
0: This was a different city, though. This happened in Moscow.
1: Okay, okay.
0: So in this bombing, 109 people were killed, and 249 people were injured.
1: Jesus, that's that's terrible.
0: Yeah, witnesses claim that four men sped away in a car shortly before the blast occurred.
1: Is it possible Barry Satiro is like the blue guy from Watchmen, and he can duplicate his body.
0: Four times. It's, it's horrible. Of course it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure it wasn't Obama, but okay. you never know.
1: I don't know who Obama is, but it's probably not him.
0: <laughs> no, it's not President Obama, but it might be Satiro. Yeah. So President Boris Yeltsin ordered the search of 30,000 homes and took personal control over the investigation of the explosions. Also... Prime Minister Vladimir Putin declared September 13th a national day of mourning.
1: Oh, that name sounds familiar.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Uh, We'll get into that dude uh, in a little bit also. So on the 13th, a bomb exploded in the basement of a different apartment complex at 5 a.m., leveling the building and killing 119, injuring 200.
1: Jesus, that's even worse than the last one.
0: Yeah, so... Both of the bombs uh, I was reading were very similar in nature. They were basically the same types of high-yield explosives used. And they, like I said, they both leveled those buildings. They were set in the most vulnerable spots in the building, meant to completely destroy it. And they were set to go off at night, causing maximum deaths.
1: I mean, I'm getting a little suspicious if this is just, your random uh, bad guys or whatever. I mean, I think the bad guy from the original Die Hard movie didn't even have that well of explosives training.
0: Yeah, this was definitely... Uh, I'll get into it later. Very <laughs> professional <laughs> jobs Oops. that okay. were happening All in this, right. these situations. <laughs> later that day, on the 13th of September, which was the date of the bombing I just mentioned, Duma speaker, Genady Zelenazkov I said that name completely wrong also.
1: Sounds perfect.
0: Announced that he had just received word that another bomb had hit the city of Volgodonsk. The only problem was that that bombing didn't occur in that city for another three days. It happened on the 16th of September.
1: So you're saying he announced it before it happened? Yes. Is this guy fucking Nostradamus or what?
0: Yeah, exactly. This is where kind of the conspiracy starts to seep in a little bit. And uh, for those of you who don't know, the Duma is kind of like the Russian Senate.
1: Ah, okay. Yeah, I was kind of curious what that I know. I've heard that term before, but I'm not I wasn't really sure what it was.
0: Yeah, Uh, it's I mean, it's it's been around forever. Uh, It's something that held up during the Soviet Union. And it has I think it has actual power now that it's not the Soviet Union anymore. Ah,
1: okay, okay.
0: So, after these bombings, Chechen rebels, along with the Chechen president, were blamed for the attack, but they denied any involvement in any of the attacks. On September 22nd, a bomb was found in an apartment complex in the Russian city of Ryazan, but this bomb was defused by local authorities. Then Prime Minister Vladimir Putin congratulated the citizens of Ryazan for their vigilance. And the Second Chechnyan War began with air raids on the Chechnyan capital of Grozny.
1: Really? However,
0: yeah. So basically after this bomb was defused, this is exactly when air raids began happening on the Chechnyan capital.
1: Like right afterwards.
0: Yes. Within a month, we're already at air raids. The first bombing happened uh, end of August, September 22nd. We're already to air raids.
1: I'm kind of like... Who the hell are they bombing? How the hell, who do they know is doing it?
0: Well, they think that it's the Chechnyans do- who are doing it. And that's who they are blaming for it.
1: Okay, I see what you're saying. Can you imagine being the person who stumbled upon that bomb in the apartment? Like, is it is it like a movie where there's just like 12 sticks of dynamite with a giant alarm clock on it? Like, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Um. It's... it's uh. So this bat, this bomb is actually made up of large bags of uh material with the detonator and the primer actually connected and the timer connected to the outside of it is how I don't really, I'm not very good at, you know, I don't know what I bombs mean, look I mean, like or made of. <laughs>
1: Honestly, that, that kind of sounds like what Timothy McVeigh kind of did to like the Oklahoma City bombing. It was just, like, I think it was barrels of fertilizer.
0: Yeah, just a just a ton of fertilizer, and was it, like, some dynamite or something like that?
1: Something like that, yeah. Very, but it'd be a very uh, homegrown-looking bomb versus, like, a, a military bomb.
0: Yes. Yeah, it was very... Well, I'll get into it in a minute. Okay. So, however, three men were arrested by local police in Ryzen for planting the bomb All of these men were members of what is known as the Federal Security Service. Now, the Federal Security Service is who handles domestic intelligent matters in Russia. They're kind of like our homeland security.
1: Okay, all right. Why are they being arrested?
0: So the plot was discovered when a man saw two suspicious men carrying large sacks into the basement of the apartment building. Uh, their car had Moscow plates that had a small piece of paper placed over the numbers to make it look like it was a local car. The local police were called and the bomb was deactivated. A timer and a detoner, like I said before, were attached to the sacks of white powder. And the explosive was later identified as RZA, which is like a really high explosive.
1: You're sure it wasn't just bags of uh, crystallized vodka?
0: Uh, you're actually close to what they call the <laughs> in the official story. <laughs> okay. uh, now, those three men that were arrested uh, were, in fact, arrested because they had been traced back by the police uh, using their phone records. It was actually – I'm not going to go into it a lot, but two days later on the 24th of September, the director of the Federal Security Service, Nikolai Petrushev, claimed that the device was part of a bomb drill and that the device – that had been deactivated, was only full of sugar, and all three of the assailants were ordered to be released. The names and whereabouts of the three agents were never released, and they are unknown to this day.
1: I mean, did they need to waste that much sugar doing this?
0: Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. There is a a story that I read, one of the conspiracies is that some Russian agents were in an armory and they saw a bag labeled sugar and they cut it open and put a little bit in their tea and drank it. And they claimed that it tasted terrible, thinking that they had drank poison or something tor- like terrible. They were sent to the hospital and they had uh, their tea analyzed and they went in for a checkup. And it turns out that uh, according to the conspiracy, they had in, ingested something called, like, hexadron, and it's a very high explosive, like <laughs> RZA.
1: Okay, well, I'm not sure why you would put a sugar label on that.
0: Yeah, that's kind of the conspiracy. I'm not exactly sure. It, it showed up in one of the Russian newspapers. That's kind of why I didn't include it, but Feel it's like a little out there.
1: If you put that in your tea and drank it, like, you had to get, like, almost deathly sick, you'd think.
0: Yeah, they said they were very surprised when the tea wasn't sweet, when it (laughs) tasted very horrible.
1: Mm, I wonder how much. I wonder if they like tasted the ones like, God, this tastes like shit. And then they just kept drinking it to make sure it tasted like shit. And then they drank the whole thing like, you know what? That wasn't sugar.
0: (laughs) Thinking that they didn't put enough in. So they like scooped a little bit more in and stirred it around. Hmm. Oh, now it'll taste better.
1: (laughs) Maybe this is actually like the Russian version of the Pop Rocks urban legend.
0: That also could be true. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Of course, it's Russian sugar, so I wouldn't yeah, imagine it. It
1: might be tasting that great. You don't, you don't mix explosive powder in your tea, man. It'll <laughs> make you blow up.
0: <laughs> That's true. So no other attacks occurred after the Ryzen bomb was discovered and deactivated. Now, the initial report by the Federal Security Service was that the bomb in the city of Ryzen was real, but after the suspects were detained, the FSS announced that it was just a training exercise. And like I mentioned before, the sacks were only full of sugar. However, Yuri Tekachenko, the police explosive expert who defused the bomb, claimed that all of the components that made up the bomb were real and put together by what he assumed was an expert, and that the vapors coming off of the sacks tested positive for RZA.
1: Well, I can tell you you this. I... Don't think Yuri's a liar.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I trust a man with a last name, Tachenko. Well,
1: you can always trust a man who sounds like he should actually be an MMA fighter.
0: Definitely. that's <laughs> I could see that name scrolling across the bottom half for an MMA fighter. <laughs> so the device that they used to detect the vapors uh, was state-of-the-art and costed about $20,000. And this was in contrast when critics claimed that their devices weren't good enough to detect the RZA.
1: Well, I assumed, like, their bomb detection would be like a Russian brown bear. They, like, lure (laughs) a Russian brown bear in there, and if it growls, then you know you've got a bomb.
0: You just line up a big rail. It takes a sniff. If it falls over dead, you know it's an explosive.
1: (laughs) Can you imagine, like, a cadaver bear? Like, the bear (laughs) can detect where dead bodies are. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> or when the police stop to do a drug search on a car all of a sudden they open up the back and a fucking brown bear just pops Fuck. out Fuck starts it. clawing up their car
1: they're they're driving around their car and there's like a a fucking i don't know canine bear drug unit and there's just a bear with his head sticking out the window while they're driving <laughs> down like sir yeah. we need to search your car for drugs hold on let me get my bear out and we got to smell around here
0: The bear jumps in the dude's car and it leaves a dog-sized shit (laughs) on the front seat.
1: (laughs) See, if Anastasia shits in your car, that means it's drug-free, so you're good to go, sir.
0: Yeah. Enjoy that cleanup. (laughs) So after the terror attacks, and with popular support for military action against Chechnya in the majority, on October 1st, 1999, the ground invasion of Chechnya began. And after a bloody winter campaign against the pro-Chechen forces, Russia and pro-Russian paramilitary secured the country in the spring of 2000.
1: Damn, so they actually, they, they took it back.
0: Yeah, they went from August, late August 31st, no intention of going in and doing anything. October 1st, they ground, the ground invasion started. So, I mean, that's very quick. With no plan for, like, militaries, modern militaries, like, meticulous planning needs to go in order to overt disaster. And in a month, they just went for it.
1: Now, I I don't know if you, I don't think you mentioned it, was Chechnya part of the USSR originally?
0: Yes, yeah, they were a Soviet state.
1: Okay, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I mean, it kind of reminds me of uh, what's going on now, Chimera, Chimera? chimera yeah remember Russia's kind of like trying to take it back over no the crimea crimea yeah sorry <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah no yeah the crimea yeah that's actually not too far from 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 this area
1: yeah ah, okay okay
0: yeah they uh they're battling the ukraine over control of the crimea they claim that uh russian citizens are being put down in crimea from the ukrainians and they're they claim that they're just um they're just backing a pro-Russian force there, even though there's a lot of evidence that they're using their own like Russian military, their special forces in there. So
1: I kind of got the impression that uh, Mr. Putin kind of wants all those countries back from uh, USSR days.
0: Yeah, the Crimea has always been a very important. It's it's basically a like a peninsula on the sea and it. Uh, it's strategically important for the Russians to have it. They wanted it back from the Ukrainians ever since the Soviet Union broke up.
1: Leave the Ukrainians alone. They just want to enjoy their vodka and potatoes. Leave them alone.
0: Definitely. So as I mentioned before, at the time was Prime Minister, am going to say his full name, Vladimir Vladimirovich Putin.
1: Wow. Can you yep. imagine being called Philip Filimir <laughs> Like that's your first, or like I'm Cody Kodimir.
0: Cody Kodovich.
1: Yeah, Cody <laughs> Kodovich-Wongen. Oh, God. I, know, I, I don't like that one.
0: Yeah, just said your last name.
1: Fuck Everybody up. knows that it doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> so in the past 20 years in the country of Russia, many deaths and disappearances have occurred that some have alleged trace back to the successors of the Soviet KGB, and ultimately one man. And that would be Vladimir Putin. Now, Putin was born in Leningrad, currently known as St. Petersburg, Soviet Union, in October 7th, 1952, to parents Vladimir Spiridonovich Putin and Maria Ivanovna Putina. And ah. I'm pretty sure that with uh women, they take the last name of their husbands, but they put an A on the end of it. Because every female Russian woman's name I've seen has an A on the end of it.
1: Interesting. I did not know that, but I guess it makes sense.
0: Yeah. His father was a sailor in the Soviet submarine fleet in the 1930s and served in the destruction battalion of the NKVD, which was a paramilitary organization that operated in Western Soviet Union during the war against Hitler. He was later transferred to the regular army and suffered a serious injury during 1942. And uh, Putin's mother was a factory worker during that time.
1: Okay, all right. Weren't 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 most non-military-associated uh, mil- people, their job was a factory worker? Wasn't that a big thing with uh, communist Russia?
0: Yeah, factory or farm.
1: Yeah. Ugh.
0: There was a lot of people who were realigned into farm work, taken out of the cities And put on the farms uh, during the revolution. Mm. When the Soviets took over. Mm. Vladimir's two older brothers died before he was born. Albert died in infancy. And Victor died of diphtheria during the siege of Leningrad during the war. And if you've read any history on the siege of Leningrad, that was a pretty common time to place to die. It was pretty bad. Mm. Yeah. They fought like motherfuckers at Leningrad. Uh... So Vladimir went to public school 193 and then on to high school at high school 281. At age 12, he started practicing judo and sambo, reaching the rank of black belt in judo, and a master of sport in sambo. And he's legitimately those ranks.
1: <sighs> I don't know why, but I, this just makes complete sense for Mr. Putin. Like Oh, he, with, the, like, with the fighting? Yeah, like... I I don't know. He didn't make the varsity team, so he went out for judo or something. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's supposed to be a pretty decent athlete back in his day. I know he fancies himself one now, even though he's pretty old.
1: I know damn well you've seen those pictures of him riding a horse topless.
0: Oh, yeah. That's the most famous fucking meme on Earth, pretty much. Oh, yeah. Putin topless on a horse. (laughs) So a lot of people, I didn't know this. A lot of people don't know Sambo. It's Soviet martial arts. Uh, began back in the 1920s, pretty much created by the Red Army. And it's meant to bring all modern forms of fighting together. Uh, and it's it's a real like martial art today, practiced around the world. It uh, stands for self-defense without weapons, how it's like roughly translated.
1: Do you have to be drunk to achieve a ne- the next belt level?
0: No, but just like with everything in Russia, it's going to help.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, like... You have your like test to get your next belt level and you have to get plaster before you even attempt it to make sure you can fight (laughs) sober or drunk.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the most effective, uh, just like drunken boxing.
1: Yeah. See, let everyone
0: think you're not going to do anything. (laughs) So in 1970, Putin studied law at Leningrad State University and graduated in 1975. While there, he was pretty much forced to join the Communist Party of the Soviet Union, And he stayed a member until the organization was outlawed at the end of the Soviet Union.
1: Okay, so actually Putin uh, pretty, pretty did pretty good for himself.
0: Yeah, he uh, I mean, graduating law school, he ended up getting into the KGB like I'm about to mention now. But I mean, he has to be at least, you know, pretty smart. I mean, he's been in power 20 years in Russia, uh, had a lengthy career in the KGB.
1: I I think I literally just saw in a news feed something about whatever they do to like ensure they automatically win the next election or whatever, he was getting ready to do that again. I can't remember what they call it. It was something to get ready to ensure he gets elected president again.
0: Killing people who run against him? Was that, well, was it, that what it was some trying? sort of
1: law like or something extending his Power or something—I don't know. It was. Oh yeah, he's
0: he's coming up on the end of his. So, um, he actually served two terms, and then he stepped back and allowed his prime minister basically to run for president. And when his prime minister won presidency, uh, that man put him as the prime minister for four years. Once that uh, four-year term was up, the president stepped back and allowed Putin to run as president again. He's actually on his 4th term right now. But it's coming up on the end of his 4th term in 2024, I think.
1: Really? I didn't even mm-hmm. know he stepped down the entire time.
0: Yeah, he did for 4 years. The problem was he was still in charge.
1: Ah, okay. for those 4 years.
0: He was just he took a back seat, but not really. He was still up in front driving.
1: Hopefully we don't see that, like, Barry Satiro is his new prime minister currently. Yeah,
0: could be. Or just Barry Satiro wearing a mask. You never know. (laughs) So after college, Vladimir joined the KGB and worked in Leningrad monitoring foreigners and consular officials from uh, first the second chief directorate and then the first chief directorate, uh, both of which were offices involved with counterintelligence Uh, during the era of the Soviet Union, and they were mostly used against uh, foreign spying organizations.
1: Okay, all right. So in 1984,
0: Putin attended the Yuri Andronov Red Banner Institute for a short time. It was the premier Russian espionage university, and still is, apparently. It now serves the Foreign Intelligence Service.
1: Well, before you told me what it was, I was assuming... It was the Russian version of the, you know, in the Olympics where they wave, they swirl the flag around, like the gymnastics thing.
0: Oh, yeah. I know exactly what you're I thought about.
1: that was what he was doing. Like, he wanted to be one of those gymnasts that dance with their, their, uh, straight, er,
0: <laughs> little ribbon.
1: Yeah, the ribbon. That's what I was thinking. His little red yeah. ribbon.
0: Yeah, I could see him doing that. He'd he's probably declare enough. that he's the best at it.
1: He's graceful enough. Yeah. He's got a gymnast body. Yep. In
0: 1985, Putin was relocated to East Germany with the cover of a translator. During his days in high school, Vladimir did study and became fluent in the German language. So he fit right in.
1: You just blend in. Wouldn't even know it was a Russian, man.
0: Minus the fact that he looked like Putin, who, young Putin looks like a fucking serial killer.
1: <laughs> well, I would assume he's going to blow his cover when they offer him a nice pint of beer, and he said, this is the largest glass of brown vodka I've ever seen in my life.
0: <laughs> like, this no, is the oddest no, 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 color no. vodka I've ever no, seen. This
1: is beer, man. This is beer. And he's like, no, 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 I don't drink beer. <laughs>
0: Was no made out of
1: potatoes? (laughs) (laughs) Potato beer, I gotcha.
0: So Putin was stationed in East Germany until 1990, which was a year after the Berlin Wall fell. According to Putin's official biography, Vladimir spent the fall of the wall burning KGB intelligence to keep them out of the hands of the protesters.
1: Wow, he has an autobiography.
0: He no, it's a, it's not an autobiography. Someone else wrote it for him. It's a biography.
1: Oh, okay. I was gonna say, Jesus, how much bullshit do you think's in that thing? If he was involved with it?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure Vladimir Putin did work with the biographer. So I'm guessing it's full of a lot of bullshit. <laughs> so after retiring from the KGB, Putin met up with an old mentor from Leningrad State U, his former assistant professor and biz- of business law, Anatoly Sabchov and joined his political campaign for mayor of St. Petersburg, and he eventually would work as the head of the Committee for External Relations. Uh, this would lead to a scandal in which $93 million worth of metals were traded for food aid, but the food aid never arrived.
1: Okay, so they, are you saying Putin might have stole the money?
0: There's a lot of people who think that he stole that money. Or that his office stole the money or, you know, there was a there's a conspiracy there.
1: Is is he known for being pretty wealthy right now? Oh,
0: yeah. really, Very much so. He might be the wealthiest person on Earth.
1: More than Bezos?
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know about Bezos now. Bezos did just chomp up pretty much most of the American economy in the past six months. But he it's all a lot of it is um, the oligarchs took over the entire country. It's supposed to be a capitalist system. It turned into an oligarchy. And he's got a hand in every single corporation, every, like, he's got his hands in so much money, and he's got so much money swirling around the world that no one can trace it all. So no one knows exactly how much he's worth.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, I guess he'd make a perfect American then, huh? Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. (laughs) A perfect uh, corporate American. So that... uh, it, you could do a whole episode on Putin's wealth, and it would be longer than this one. So it's wow. it's unimaginable, though, like how much money he has. So after his friend and former mentor lost control of the, his mayoral seat in 1996, Putin moved to Moscow and became deputy director of the Presidential Property Management Department. Part of his duty was to organize the transfer of the former assets of the Soviet Union and Communist Party- to the russian federation this also is alleged where some of his money came from okay when he divvied up the property
1: ah okay i gotcha
0: putin quickly worked his way up the ranks of the administration entering boris yeltsin's inner circle of advisors and becoming known as yeltsin's yes man being appointed prime minister in august 1999
1: can be scary to be that guy's yes man right
0: yeah, I mean at that time Boris Yeltsin was under so much fire for all the scandals. He was in shit health. Uh like everything was going down the crapper at that point. Okay,
1: would you but, be, would you be more would you be more scared to be Yeltsin's yes man or uh what can I think of his name?
0: Gorbachev's. Trump? Gorbachev's. Definitely? Uh neither. Gorbachev. I'd I'd say Gorbachev.
1: I think Gorbachev just liked to get naked and get fucking wasted, man. That's all he wanted. Yeah.
0: I've heard Yeltsin was quite a drinker, too.
1: Well, a bit, I don't <laughs> know. That story about Gorbachev getting drunk and pissing on the White House lawn is uh legendary. Gorbachev did that? Well, it's an allegedly story. <laughs> like, he was staying overnight there and he was so wasted that he <laughs> <laughs> went outside in his underwear and took a piss.
0: did he piss on the same spot that lbj used to go out and piss on
1: Uh, probably i'm (laughs) lbj liked to pound a few back too i think
0: yeah he was well known for uh going to the bathroom with the door open to intimidate others
1: yeah yeah alpha move there
0: he would be talking to the press and he'd just pull out his dick and start pissing on the ground (laughs) and then ask all the reporters if it's the biggest dick they'd ever seen (laughs) it was one of his things so as I mentioned before, uh, if you remember the first bombing that happened in Moscow, happened in August 1999. He became prime minister that month.
1: Okay, so we're seeing a connection here.
0: Yeah, who uh, he was appointed prime minister with 233 votes of approval in the Duma, and that like well exceeded the majority. So as Boris Yeltsin's health diminished, it was obvious that Putin would succeed Yeltsin as president. And on December 31st, 1999, Boris Yeltsin resigned, and Putin became acting president of Russia. With his first acts as president being that he pardoned Boris Yeltsin and his family from any criminal charges that might have come about after the end of his presidency. That law was signed on 31st December, 1999. So he pardoned him right away.
1: Okay, so are you trying to say that Putin started the conflict war whatever to get yeltsin out of there so then he could get in there but then pardoned him afterwards or he pardoned him because yeltsin wanted him to may allegedly start this stuff
0: well there is a few different conspiracies um okay. it could be that boris yeltsin made all of this happen so that he could get vladimir putin made president and then because remember, Vladimir Putin had to be approved for this, for prime minister. But it could have been that Boris Yeltsin was doing this to get Putin's popularity up, so no one would be pissed off about Boris Yeltsin getting pardoned. There's also conspiracies that Vladimir Putin and his his old KGB buddies did this on their own. There's a lot of different conspiracies around this.
1: I was going to say, I'm trying to think... I mean, the dates kind of make you question it, but it's like, and to be honest, I wouldn't put it past that man to be involved with any of this, but, uh, what, okay, now, let's just say, do you think that Russia just wants Chechnya back, or why would they start this?
0: Well, I mean, they had just lost the, uh, the first Chechen war, uh, three years prior to this uh chechen rebels were still causing problems on the border of dagestan uh, which is the country right next door to them there is a lot of different uh there's a lot of problems russia also doesn't like to give up land yeah you know everyone knows by now
1: (laughs) we're kind of we're kind of noticing that within the last few years here uh
0: They also don't like to give up influence either, which is another big thing that Russia likes to have is influence. The one weird thing about this, I didn't realize Boris Yeltsin gave up the presidency on 31 December 1999. While we were all just relieved that Y2K didn't kill the electrical grid and kill us all, Boris Yeltsin left the office. I didn't even realize that.
1: Okay, now here's the real thing. Were Russians worried about Y2K, too, or were they just, like, there's that just an American phenomenon?
0: I don't think typewriters and telex machines can get the Y2K bug, so I think they were fine, probably.
1: They're probably like, look, no electricity in a shot glass. There's no electricity in a b- vo- bottle of vodka, so what am I worried about? It's not going to kill me and blow up.
0: Yeah, Y2K is not going to turn your, bo- your cauldron of borscht sour so everyone's fine (laughs) everyone will eat don't worry
1: okay okay so uh what are your feelings on this whole thing
0: I mean it is awfully coincidental that the month that Vladimir Putin all that we know about him now the month that he takes over this all starts if the August 31st because there is a the thought is that maybe the August 31st bombing because it happened in Dagestan wasn't like the russians who did it it might have been like the chechen rebels like the russians claim did it there is a like a pretty popular belief that russia was responsible for the later bombings
1: i mean i don't know if that's the most outlandish thing i feel like they've definitely uh been involved in some sketchy government things obviously
0: oh definitely so I'm just going to finish that little part up. The act uh, was known, the act that Putin signed to make Boris Yeltsin pardoned was known as on guarantees for former president of the Russian Federation and members of his family. That was the whole title of it. Apparently.
1: Wow. That's a mouthful.
0: Yeah. I don't know what that translates to, but I'm guessing it's shorter than that. Uh, in 2001, Putin signed a new act that would add on to the earlier pardon. This basically added himself to the act.
1: So he pardoned himself while he was still president? Yes. How the hell does that work?
0: I don't know. It's honestly, it's just Russia. Maybe he can (laughs) just do that.
1: Just Russian shit. Well, here's my... uh, I'm going to assume Yeltsin's dead, right? I believe so. Yeah. So, I, I... it's so weird because it obviously him and Yeltsin were tight, right? Yeah. Yep. So it's like who was who is gaining the most advantage out of the situation was it like one of them more than the other or was it just both of them or like did Putin promise him to do something if he helped him get president? You know, it's it's very very interesting.
0: So this was I mean you got to imagine it's just like Republicans and Democrats Russia at this time, like they have now, had political parties and still has political parties. So Boris Yeltsin and Vladimir Putin belong to the same political party. So Putin rode his his success against Chechnya to a presidential victory that year when presidential elections were held in March.
1: Okay, I see what you're saying. So he maybe he got just the patriotic frenzy in Russia up. Yes. Because they made him kind of like the champion of the victory over Chechnya or whatever, and that helped him just sail into the election.
0: Yeah, for many years, uh, like during his early presidency and for years after, Putin was very popular around the world. I mean, he was signing nu- denuclearization acts. He was signing treaties everywhere. He was meeting with the Israelis. He was meeting with Bush. Uh, he was – like Time Man of the Year, I forgot which, I think maybe 2006, he was Time Man of the Year, he was very popular, he wrote a lot of that success, and like, he had a lot of speeches for reforming, a lot of acts that would reform Russia, he wanted to bring it back to its former glory.
1: Huh, seems like the tides have turned on him quite a bit.
0: Yeah, definitely, in his I mean, not giving up power for two decades will do that to anyone.
1: <laughs> yeah, I suppose they would.
0: Definitely. So many believed that the apartment bombings were a false flag. And this was to drum up popular support for an invasion of Chechnya by the Russian military. And many politicians and journalists believe this, including people around the world now. The conspiracy I- theory involves the GRU and that's Russian intelligence and the Federal Security Service who I mentioned before and it was on orders from then prime minister Vladimir Putin and that's the conspiracy the false flag conspiracy
1: okay i mean it it's interesting because this is going to be a really controversial statement but if we like we're thinking about him essentially doing a false flag to Get him president again, right? And because it's Russia, we just kind of assume like, oh, that's, you know, Russian things. Seems like something they would do. But the year 2020, people are trying to claim that all the events that are transpiring right now are ways to make President Trump look bad. I'm sure you've seen that shit going around.
0: Oh, yeah. There's a lot of uh, conservative memes out there that are claiming that the pandemic was put on us by people who are trying to ruin the economy to make trump look bad
1: yeah but the only difference is uh he has a twitter account and he kind of does it to himself so
0: yeah yeah, pretty much a
1: little different but uh but yeah it's very interesting to see the perspectives between if russia does it, we're just like yeah that's probably a russian thing to do but if America was to kind of be in the same shoes, it'd be a different feeling. Do you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, this isn't the first false flag that we've talked about. No, uh, absolutely. Like the not. main there's there's a shit ton uh, of false flag conspiracy theories out there. Uh, this is a lesser known one.
1: But. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, I I'll be honest, I didn't know anything about any of this. It's uh, but it's like I feel like Putin's the type of guy. You say you have a small get together with some f- uh, friends or whatever, and the next morning you realize one of your bottles of expensive liquors missing, and instantly you're like, "God damn it! I bet Putin took it," but you don't have any proof that he took it. That's how I describe Vladimir Putin.
0: You just assume he took it.
1: Yeah, like you're just like, I don't know why I get a feeling this guy did something bad. That's just how I feel about Vladimir Putin.
0: He used his judo and samba training just yeah. to sneak into your house like a ninja.
1: Or he's like that roommate who you have this leftover pizza. You came home plastered and you had this pizza you were eating. You're so excited you're going to heat it up in the morning and eat it and it's all eaten. Probably was Putin who did it. If Putin was your roommate,
0: <laughs> I would assume. He would be <laughs> yeah. sitting. No, he would wait till the morning when you woke up. He'd be sitting there eating it in front of you, yeah, <laughs> not probably. apologizing.
1: He'd be like, oh, sorry, bro. <laughs> Didn't know this was yours. But Just it-
0: kidding. I knew it was yours. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so a little bit of uh, like alleged
0: proof for the false flag. In July of 1999, a Moskovskaya Pravda reporter named Alexandre Zilin wrote, that he had received leaked information that the Kremlin was planning on committing terrorist attacks in Moscow. And this was in order to undermine opponents of Boris Yeltsin. And Moscovaya Pravda is a, it's like a Russian newspaper. Really? Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm. Interesting. I wonder how, I mean, I'm sure there's moles in there that would give him that information.
0: Yeah, I mean, July of 1999, you're looking at Boris Yeltsin's, like, ending term, I'm guessing that there was a lot of wiki pipes in that system.
1: <laughs> the anonymous note came from abbreviation BS, Barry Satiro. Yeah. Barry Satiro. <laughs> yeah.
0: With a, a Russian man's face wearing it, <laughs> a skin suit. So according to historian Amy Knight, on September 9th, a deputy in the Duma, Konstantin Borovo, was alerted to a terrorist attack. That would occur later that day, she claimed that his source was an officer in the g r u uh, which I mentioned before is Russian military intelligence, and that when he alerted the federal security service, his warning went completely ignored
1: huh interesting that's that's crazy though if that you know if all that's real that's crazy
0: yeah there were uh there were like two or three more when I looked this up, but these are the the less crazy ones these are ones that kind of seem like they're grounded in reality because they're coming from like a historian and a journalist so the rest of them are a little bit crazy but i'm i was just going to mention those two
1: Hmm. i mean yeah they're probably the most believable sources right
0: yeah well i'd say a historian and uh a journalist.
1: Well, you like a little his- bit
0: more than a conspiracy theorist.
1: You're a, his- you like history. So, of course, you're going to side with the historian.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, some of them do a good job. Some of them don't.
1: So, <laughs> it's
0: all in how much you, what you about know, the, what about
1: them. the historian King James in his Bible? Are you going to believe him, Phil?
0: <laughs> Not really. No. <laughs> He's, he was kind of an asshole. He wasn't a historian either. So, in 2003, sergey Yushenkovic was a leading politician for the political party Liberal Russia and vice chairman of the Sergey Kolov Commission, which was formed in the Duma to investigate the involvement of the Federal Security Service in the apartment bombings of 1999. Now, this commission was stalled because of the government's refusal to cooperate with the investigation.
1: Yeah, I suppose they re- really wouldn't want to if they're guilty.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, most people would if they were, you know, Innocent. Worried about what was coming out. Yeah. They would stall shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
0: So Yushenkov had visited the premiere of the documentary named Assassination in Russia in London in 2002, which claimed that the Yeltsin government was behind the bombings, and he claimed that his party would be distributing copies of the documentary to the Russian people so that they could see how the Secret Services deceived Russian citizens. Now, on April 17th, 2003, Yushenkov was shot three times in the back after getting out of his car and walking up to his front door at 5.30 p.m. Yushenkov had just registered his party, Liberal Russia, for the upcoming er- elections.
1: Ah, uh, that seems a little suspicious.
0: Yeah, um, not only was he a political opponent of the party in charge of Russia, he was also on the commission that was trying to find the government guilty of these vastly very terrible terrorist attacks.
1: Wow, okay. Well, uh yeah, that seems a little fishy.
0: Definitely. On July 3rd, 2003, a number another member of the Sergei Kolov commission, Yuri Shishchenko Chichinin, <laughs> Died of a mysterious... I'm not even going to try that again. Died of a mysterious illness that resembled poisoning from radioactive materials. Days before, he was meant to travel to the United States, where he had planned on meeting with FBI investigators. His medical documents were either lost or destroyed completely. They've never been seen again.
1: I mean, look, sometimes you accidentally put salt in your coffee when you thought it was sugar, right? But I don't think you accidentally put radioactive material in your coffee in the morning. So, I don't know. How do you yeah, even this... poison yourself with radioactive <laughs> materials?
0: This uh, poisoning by radioactive materials is something that comes up very often when you're talking about sketchy deaths that could have possibly been committed by the Russian government. like Or I, group... I like affiliated with them
1: well i'm just like how the hell where do you even find shit like that to poison someone
0: yeah well i mean russia's got a shit ton of radioactive material just lying around
1: yeah well are you sure about that i don't see no x-men popping up
0: that's true russian <laughs> x-men <laughs>
1: yeah oh yeah that would i forget we are them <laughs> the russian x-men yeah <laughs> bringing it
0: around full circle hell yeah. so Yuri investigated the apartment bombings and another scandal involving money laundering by the Federal Security Service. Uh, This was named the Three Whales Corruption Scandal. Okay. And it was a pretty big scandal uh, in Russia at the time. Now, another man, Alexander Litventko, was a former KGB agent who publicly criticized the Federal Security Service and blamed the organization and Vladimir Putin. ...for causing the apartment bombings in 1999. Lidovenko was killed when a cup of tea that he drank at a London hotel was laced with Polonium-210 on 1 November 2006. Uh, the British suspected that his killers were Andrei Lugovoy and Dmitry Kovtun. Uh, they were both Russian agents, but Russia refused to extradite the two men from Russia to England.
1: What do they assume... The only two other Russian people staying within the hotel are probably the <laughs> ones who killed them.
0: Probably, they probably had him on video, just, you know, doing the little, like, sleight of hand, pouring it in. I have no idea, but...
1: Didn't he think it was weird that when his fucking tea started to look like the secret ooze from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles?
0: Started to boil and bubble yeah. over the teacup? Maybe he little, shouldn't drink
1: that? A little witch's brew in his cup here? <laughs>
0: You probably just thought it was uh, just a little bad vodka. Not the <laughs> first, not the last. <laughs> so, a female reporter, Anna Politskaya, uh, who reported on the war in Chechnya, uh, had been previously detained by Russian troops while investigating human rights violations made by Chechen families. Anna Politskaya claimed that she was beaten, interrogated, and humiliated. For three hours and even forced to drink poison tea, which made her vomit.
1: Jesus. Okay. But she didn't die.
0: No, she didn't die from that encounter. Uh, In 2004, uh, while flying to a hostage negotiation in Beslan, which is in North Asocia, which is on the, I believe, western border of Chechnya. She was poisoned while on that flight.
1: And then she died.
0: Uh No, on October 7, 2006, on Vladimir Putin's birthday. So that's actually Putin's birthday is October 7th. She was found dead in her apartment's elevator, shot twice in the chest, once in the shoulder, and once in the head. Now, five men were convicted of the murder, uh, but the man that is supposedly paid for the contract for the killings is still unknown.
1: Really? Well, I'm guessing he might have the initials VVP.
0: Could be. Yeah, that might be the conspiracy. So, the last person I'm going to mention, Natalia Estimirova, another reporter writing about the atrocities in Chechnya. In 2009, Natalia was kidnapped from her home and shot with her body dumped in the woods nearby her home. Now, no one has ever been convicted of this 2009 murder.
1: Okay. Wow. Okay. So... Was it basically like she reported on the Chechenian incident and then died immediately afterwards? Or was it like there's a long time frame in between when she reported and when she was murdered? Oh,
0: yeah, there's a long time frame. Basically, okay. these people were reporting bad things about the government. And then eventually they would uh, seem to be either like assassinated, kidnapped and assassinated. Uh, the Previous female reporter, Anna, she was kidnapped, poisoned, and then shot. Like, just – that's way too much to happen to one person for be it to be a coincidence.
1: Yeah. I mean
0: – In my mind.
1: I, I mean. could definitely see, you know, Putin holding a bit of a grudge.
0: Yeah. Or others in uh, – you got to remember, too, it's not just Putin. There's also these intelligence agencies that oh. – yeah, might yeah, be yeah. working on orders from the top. They might be going off on their own little deal. They're going you know. rogue. I mean, yeah. They're going rogue a little bit. It is Russia. so yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, I, I suppose that's a good point. That's a very good point. Anybody involved with the Chechnyan incident could have been setting up these murders and whatever else.
0: Yeah, you got to think, too, the Russian army, if they did commit these atrocities in Chechnya, uh, which has been reported... They wouldn't want all of this coming out and they would want retribution against anyone who put that out. So could also be the Russian military. I mean, there could be a lot of players in all of these, uh, killings that I have just mentioned. So well, it's not I, all going back to Putin, but I mean,
1: I, he is the
0: number one guy in the country. <laughs> so,
1: well, okay. We can rule out since there's no boy knife stabbings or. Chef knife stabbings, Paul Hogan, and <laughs> Chef Ramsay, I would say, are incident in these murders. Um, so I guess it only leaves Barry Satiro or the Russian government. So Could be.
0: I bet Barry's not very good at the handgun, so he would just aim and just four times, you know, not really, you know. I mean, twice in the chest, once in the shoulder, once in the head, kind of. <laughs>
1: I feel like he would probably be be more the radioactive poisoner where he just like uses pyrokinesis and start him on fire maybe or something. I don't know, one of the two.
0: Yeah, it's weird though because when I was reading this, I listened to like a lot of true crime now that you got me onto and you always hear that poison's like a woman's, you know, method of killing. But it seems like a lot of these like anti-Russian government people who have been murdered a lot of them get poisoned with you know all of these radioactive elements so it's kind of odd how in america it's more of a a woman's way to kill but in russia it's all of these men doing supposedly like allegedly you yeah
1: know. yeah but in america too as far as like let's say cia poisonings i yeah could de- i could definitely see them using poison
0: that's true I didn't even it's think very about hard,
1: that. It's very, I think the re, uh, the thing with poison is it, like a long time ago, it's very hard to trace it, and it was hard to tell that they actually died from poison versus being poisoned and then them thinking it was something else that killed them.
0: It could look like just a weird illness or a yeah. natural
1: death, so that's yeah. a good point.
0: So, didn't even think about that.
1: It's, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, I imagine a painful way to die if you're being killed by radioactive material.
0: Yeah. So uh let me ask you quick. What do you think about these conspiracies with Chechnya, Putin, uh these dead reporters? Some of them were politicians. What do you think about all this?
1: I mean, there's a lot of connecting dots to kind of rule this up as a big coincidence. Um And as we know, Russian politics and leaders and all that, a lot of sketchiness is involved with that. So I would say... Yeah, I, I mean, I. It seems to me they were trying to hide something, whether it was Putin, or it was somebody else going rogue or whatever. I think they were involved in uh, killing off these people.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's kind of what I'm thinking too. Uh, this this episode's already gone way longer than it usually does. Um, I was going to mention also that there were a lot of pro Chechenian, pro Dagestani men who were arrested for the apartment bombings and sentenced to, like, many, like, life sentences in prison. So, okay, it's, I mean, they did, the Russians did catch people who they believe are responsible for the bombings, or who they claimed were responsible for the bombings. So, it's not like just no one, like, it's not like no one uh, went to prison for any of these bombings, but.
1: Yeah, it's hard to say, because you can frame people, too, obviously.
0: Yes. Yeah. I mean especially in a centrally controlled government like Russia. It wouldn't be hard to just streamline the conviction of someone like that. Yeah. To set them up.
1: Yeah, that's true. I I don't know. A lot of a lot of questions surrounding it, but uh there's a lot of coincidences, we'll say. So Yeah, definitely. But anyway, uh if anybody wants to write us about what they feel happened or if they have their opinion on russian politics i guess where can they do that phil
0: they can hit us up on our email subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com they can also get a hold of us on instagram uh it's subliminal deception podcast on ig uh cody and i also have our own instagram accounts mine's st phil uh i barely ever check it and i post every once in a while uh cody you have
1: some yeah, you can add my personal Instagram at Cody's Abub. Hit me up. Let's, uh, if you have a conspiracy, maybe a subject you'd like to talk about, whatever episode ideas, uh, anything like that, uh, just let me know. Uh, I'm per- we're pretty friendly, so hit us up. Uh, the other thing we need you to do, if you can, is to log on to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review. Doesn't really matter what you say, just, uh, preferably something written in there. Otherwise, if you're a Spotify user, just hit that follow button and you'll be always updated when we release a new episode. Well, Phil, you took us on quite an adventure here. I think it's a good mixture of conspiracy and a history lesson and kind of learn about the current president of Russia. So very nice job. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) Otherwise, guys, we will see you next week. All All right, right.
0: Thanks, guys.